0: welcome to the pathways to profitability podcast personal tales of business success where we hear local business owners personal stories of their trials and tribulations that got them to where they are today here's your host cheryl Mucha, ceo of cfo your way hello everyone i'm so glad you've joined us our guest today is christine clifton founder of Mindful Business Matters. Christine, thank you so much for being here today.
1: You're welcome. My pleasure.
0: So we're going to jump right in with our first question. Tell me a little bit about how you came to be the founder of Mindful Business Matters. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, well, it's quite a story. I always tell people, you know, do you want the nickel version or the $20 version? Because there's all these twists and turns. But in brief, I left corporate after a 20-year career in management about 15 years ago. So I've been an entrepreneur for 15 years. And Mindful Business Matter came came to be about, gosh, 2011, I suppose. Um, but when i started my first practice it was a life coaching practice for women with chronic illness believe it or not and then i opened a wellness studio and i was teaching uh, fitness and swing dancing as well as life coaching and then i had people wanting to know about how i was marketing my business and so i started doing business slash marketing coaching for Uh, business owners in the area. And when that studio closed, I went and became a marketing outreach expert for business owners. And then I realized that the people I was setting appointments for didn't know how to sell. And so I ended up consulting them about business development and sales. And then as I began to evolve as a human, I started bringing in some of my law of attraction principles into the work that I I do and so that's how mindful business matters came to be I wanted to bring in the essence of mindfulness into the workplace and into business and I was working with career seekers as well as business owners and so that was the title that I chose and that's pretty much the work I'm still doing today oh wow thank
0: you for sharing what a journey so <laughs> did, it, did it unfold really easily or were there kind of a lot of struggles along the way Ah, oh,
1: well, I think a little of both. Um, it was smooth in that as I began to go through each iteration of the work I wanted to bring into the world, that that was pretty natural. But the the ups and downs came. Quite honestly, primarily in my money story. Um, I now say that people choose entrepreneurship in order to heal their money story, (laughs) but I didn't know that at the time. Um, So, my struggles were like how to bring a consistent income um, and whatnot uh, with my business. So, um, that was part of the struggle. So, it was a little of both. It was smooth because I was transitioning pretty easily from one thing to the next, but a bit of a struggle because of the ups and downs financially.
0: Thank you for sharing. Um, when you look back at the earlier part of your career, even before you were an entrepreneur, what jobs or roles did you have that you're not really using now? It sounds like the swing dance is part of that, but there, <laughs> might, be, there might be something else that um, maybe previous skills that you're not really using now, or have transitioned into something new that you're you're using now in your current your current business.
1: Yeah. 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 That's a good question. I, I, I say that life is a one big compost pile (laughs) and I say that in the most positive way because everything, I believe everything we do gets put into that compost and fertilizes what's to come. Uh, but to answer your question more specifically, my first career was in restaurants. I was managing restaurants. So, I mean, technically you, you could probably say that I'm not using that Today, That isn't a skill that I'm using. And then after that, I moved into managing retail department stores. But, um, you know, there's essences of those things, of course, that I'm using today. I, I've i always been a student of human behavior, and I think that was a big laboratory for me as a new manager to learn what motivates people and how to, uh, you know, organize and, and run the operations of any business. So I think the essences of those uh, really feed today. And because I do partner with some of my clients in their business, almost as their partner, having that experience to see behind the curtain of businesses and how they're actually run is also ending up informing, you know, what I'm doing today. So I don't know, maybe the, you know, I did do a business workshop um, that I included dancing in. <laughs> so I can't even say that the swing dancing wasn't a part of it because it's about connection. And right. I was showing people what it felt like to be the leader versus being the follower. I mean, I think a lot of leaders forget sometimes what it's like to actually follow. Um, so, yeah, I've also incorporated or incorporated dance into some of my workshops that I've done in the past. So. Yeah, I guess my answer is like there isn't anything I haven't done that I'm not using today, and,
0: and you're still incorporating that into what you're doing now today. Not not necessarily on a daily basis, but you're you're using those skills and experiences in your business currently. Yeah, definitely. Yes. It's fun. I would love a swing dance. Uh, you would <laughs> incorporation into a, a, a lesson here. That would be great. Next
1: time I'm in Jersey, we'll do it. We'll Absolutely.
0: do it. A- Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So what person or experience has had the greatest influence on you and your your professional development?
1: Gosh. You know, it's so funny. What popped into my mind, this you're going to laugh at this, my um, senior year, maybe it was my junior year in high school, typing teacher, oh, wow. <laughs> and it was a class right after lunch, and I had gotten kind of running around with this not so great crowd in high school. It was a lot of fun because it felt like really rebellious and I was always the brain. I was always labeled really smart in school. So we would come skidding in, you know, to, <laughs> to typing class and And I have this image, even though she didn't do it, I have this image of her calling me out of class and like jacking me up against the wall by my (laughs) collar. I mean, she didn't do that, but it felt like that emotionally. And she was like, Christine, you need to know that the behaviors that you're doing right now could cause you to not be as successful in school as you want, which is going to cause you to not get into the college you want or you know, fill in the blank. And, and it was like the first time someone kind of had shaken, you know, some sense into me, her name was Mrs. Swing, believe it or not. How about that? (laughs) Um, And, and so I think as a person, that was like a a nice kind of snap out of it moment that I was given as a young person. Um, I think that in my life, the biggest situation that has caused the biggest professional and personal growth was the the choice to go into entrepreneurship. I mean, quite honestly, I say that my success was my naivete because it never occurred to me that I wouldn't succeed. But I also didn't truly know what the heck I was getting into. It just seemed so easy on the surface to be able to start a coaching practice, which was that first business. And it ended up not being easy at all. And I think that when I left that corporate structure and having a boss and having subordinates, and it was just me kind of, you know, in the wild that it really was what caused me to look at myself and say, how are you doing? How's this going? What do you need to do differently? Um, But it also opened the avenue for me to develop my connection to what I call the source of my understanding or law of attraction or the universe the, to the listeners, whatever word they might use, because it was just me and I didn't have my mentor or my boss. Um, I do hire coaches um, throughout you know, my entrepreneurship, but it isn't the same as really connecting into the truth of you and your intuition. So choosing entrepreneurship was the single most best personal growth course I could have chosen.
0: (laughs) And you, you hit on a really important point there. I think so many entrepreneurs jump in not knowing what it really takes to start and run a business. So, you know, that, that less, the lessons that we learn along the way and the people we rely on along the way and the mentors that we have past and present are, are key to that, that business success.
1: I agree. I agree. I had um, an acquaintance here in my village who we went to dinner one night. She's a massage therapist. And she was working, you know, at like a hand and stone massage or something like that. And she was like, I wanted to ask your opinion. You know, what do you think about me opening my own practice? It would only cost this much money and blah, 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 blah. And, and I took a deep breath and I said, do you really want to do you really want the truth? (laughs) And she said, well, of course. And I told her, I said, I wouldn't do it. You don't have a following. You don't have a strong network in this area. She'd only been in this area for a little while and she was relying on her client base coming through hand in stone. Um, And so I know the length of time it takes to develop a network big enough to then start feeding your business pipeline. So, um, So, yeah, I had, I couldn't not tell her, you know, the truth. I'd love to be Pollyanna and I am a possibilities thinker. I would love to think you'd be successful in one moment on a dime, but I've just never seen it happen. And, and part of that reason I think is because of the personal growth that does come with it. Um, Personal growth is like a behavioral change. It doesn't happen in on a second. It, It happens over time. Right. So.
0: I'm living it. I hear you. (laughs) So how would you define business success for yourself and for others?
1: Yeah. You know, I hear that term, you know, tossed around an awful lot. And, and I would say that I originally would have answered that question a different way when I first started my entrepreneurship and probably more around money or having, you know, you know, I don't know, serving the community or that type of thing. But I've come to really own and believe that business success is highly personalized. And it comes down to not only the goals that I set for myself in my business, but also how I want to live my life. As someone who's been uh, with chronic illness for 20-something years, it really has only been the past three years when I've had some more major health hiccups that I really have been given that opportunity to say, how can I construct my business so that I can be the best service to my clients, but also not skip over me and what my needs are? So, So business success being that highly personalized, in my case, is about how how true I can hold those boundaries, you know, for business um, so that it also serves me and gets me the rest or, or the rejuvenation that I might need. Now, I'm not going to lie. There's definitely numbers involved um, in business success as well. And for me, it's less about reaching a number and more about um the growth numbers that I like to see in terms of business success. So, for me, I like to see incremental growth, and um, that brings me a real high as opposed to setting a number and achieving that number. Um, because I believe in that harmony that I take with both personal and professional. I think they're integrated. Um, the more I can integrate those, I think the less burden I put on my business so my business success has to include my personal success and my personal success is part of that business success and so the clearer I am about those the more I honor what I'm doing with my clients the more integrity I am with myself and let's say even with the marketing that I'm doing to me that business success is a feeling of fulfillment it's a feeling of contribution um, that that comes into that label for me in terms of business success.
0: Thank you. That was a great answer. Um, Are there any particular notable people or influencers that you follow that have business success that are kind of like idols to you or, or, you know, important, important to keep up with and, and know what they're doing in their lives.
1: Oh gosh, I have some really interesting people that I follow for different reasons. Some of them might surprise you. I love following Gary V on social media. Um, I follow him on LinkedIn as well as uh, as Twitter, and yeah, he drops the f bomb every other word. You know. Um, So he's a little brash, and he's I get I guess he's technically a New Jerseyan. I can't remember, but I think he's New Jersey, New York. Um, But the reason that I follow him is because he, to me, is one of the epitome examples of of self integrity. Um, He doesn't purport to be this you know guru of anything. He is. He tells it like it is. he admits when he's wrong, you know. He'll change what he said um, if he made a mistake, or even if he changed his mind over time, and and so he just owns his authenticity so well and makes no excuses for it. And I just know that is why he is so successful. Um, so Gary V is, is one of the people I follow. The other guy that I love. Like, he couldn't be more different than Gary V. His name is Dan Price. And Dan Price owns a company called Gravity Payments. And I think he's located in, I don't know, somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. Total granola dude, long hair, mustache. You know, you could probably see him wearing Birkenstocks if you can't even imagine Gary V. wearing Birkenstocks ever. Um, but But Dan Price... Um, his company Gravity Payments, about five or six years ago, he instituted a minimum wage of $70,000 for every full time wow. employee. And he, his, he, it was almost like he used his own company as his own economic um, kind of case study about um, basic, universal basic income in a way. And and so what he tweets about, I follow him on Twitter, well, he's on LinkedIn too, but he's more active on Twitter, is that he starts holding up what's happening in the economy. So let's say in the past year since the pandemic, where these companies are saying, well, you know, their CEO forfeited his salary. Yeah, but he had 200 million in stock options, you know, and and so, and they and their lowest paid employee makes $10 an hour. Um, and so he really shines shines a light on the double speak that happens in corporations today. Um, you know, there's so much more, um, I think, a spotlight on companies today about their corporate social responsibility and, and more companies are being charged with, well, what are you doing for the environment? What are you doing for your community? Um, and so what Dan does is not only walks the talk, but he also shines a light on all the disparities of what, companies say they're doing and what they're actually doing. So for example, Amazon, you know, um, now believe me, I'm pretty dependent on Amazon Prime as many of us are, but they say they pay people $15 an hour, which is true, but they withdrew quickly that pandemic hazard pay um, and then pay their, you know, executives all these bonuses. Um, Jeff Bezos, I think, earned something like um, 200 $2,200 a second in, oh, wow. in profit over the pandemic. And, and he couldn't even leave the $2 hazard pay, you know, on his people. Right. So anyway, uh, you can tell that I love Dan Price and Gary Vee. Um, and uh, so those are the two living examples, I, I would say, especially in entrepreneurship today.
0: Great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, on to the next question. What systems do you use to keep your business on track um, currently?
1: Ah, yes. God bless systems. That's all I have to say. <laughs> you know, when I did, when I took uh, started my first company, my first business, I I didn't have a lot of systems in place, and um, coming from corporate where everything is kind of has this infrastructure. Um, at least I didn't recognize what I was giving up when I stepped you know, into my own business. And so I swung from not having anything to like killing a fly with a cannon. So when I was doing that marketing work for clients, I used Salesforce for my CRM as a system and it worked really well, except that it was like killing a fly with a cannon. It was just too entirely big for what I was using it for, but that's probably a different a different question for a different day. So I think a a nice basic client relationship management system is really helpful. Now today I do something much more organic because my beliefs have kind of shifted a little bit and I use my intuition as well as the systems, but I still have a system where when I have a prospective phone call and people need some time to make a decision, I just queue it up in my Google calendar for follow-up so that I don't lose track of um, a follow-up ping to see how the person's doing and if they found the resource they needed. Um, So I find that Google Calendar as a system is key for me. Um, Of course, that includes meetings and then Zoom, obviously, for The uh, work that I do with clients, but also when I teach public classes is also really good. My behind the scenes system that works really well for me is called book like a boss. (laughs) And so for coaching consulting practice like mine, where people are kind of purchasing sessions, Um, at a time. It's just a quick way. It links to Zoom. It links to my payment processor and it links to my calendar all in one place. So someone comes in, they choose the service they want. They click on the calendar, choose a time. It books it in. They pay and it assigns a Zoom link to it like all together. It's like the angels sing when when uh, when I found Book Like a Boss. So that's a cool system that I use. Now for soft systems, I would say that in, in my practice, not only personally, but also with my clients, I use something for what I call a divining rod, which is the your iOS, which is your internal operating system. And so what I do at least every season is I check back into myself around my ideal life design, my personal values, as well as my, my soul's calling, which some people call it why or purpose. Mm -hmm. And those three elements for me are the way that I can reset the needle. And it is a system because I do, check in regularly with those things because it can change, you know, my experiences, my, what's important to me could change over time. Um, so as a system, I also include a regular check-in at least every season to myself, um, so that I can be sure that when I recalibrate here, that I'm recalibrating whatever I'm choosing or, or doing on the outside.
0: I love that because it's so important for us as business owners to always be in tune with where we are and where we want to go and, and what changes or, or what things we need to alter in our business or in our model or our offerings to our clients. Yes, I, also, I agree. I also love the kill a fly with a can and there's so many tools and systems available out there and when we don't need... You know the most sophisticated when we're starting out and as we grow, then again we reassess and and determine what might be the next best system for us
1: you know the i I lived it which 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 is I think how I'm able to serve my clients, I think better um, and what what I lived was taking this high end coaching program and they telling me you know that I needed all these systems in my business and if i had been that connected to my ios back then i would have known that my body was screaming no run far and fast from those things but i forced them into my business because they said you know i needed those things and so today I know that it's so much easier for me and better for me. And again, this is what I walk my clients through to is to really check in to themselves and say, wait, what what really fits me and my needs as opposed to what they say. So that high-end coaching program said, oh, you can't ever use PayPal. That's so cheesy. Like nobody, well, you know what? Everybody uses PayPal. Nobody it, thinks I'm less of a coach because I use PayPal, you know, and it, works. and it works and it's proven system. And I don't care about the fees. It's funding another business to, to succeed, you know, so, right. um, so anyway, just, yeah, killing a with a canon oh god bless us all you know people reading you know all these blogs about what they say we should do
0: <laughs> and it's like information overload you go you know oh my gosh. we rely on the internet we go to google for everything and there's just so much blasted at us from you know super sophisticated to streamlined
1: and simple yeah absolutely you're so right
0: perfect so you uh, mentioned earlier about work-life balance. What things do you do to maintain that healthy work-life balance?
1: I'll tell you, it, it is, as a person of service, it's a constant awareness to make sure that I don't lose myself in my business. And as I mentioned, someone who has faced chronic illness her pretty much her whole adult life has has really come to a head in the past few years when i had some more serious things going on and it's funny the pandemic really invited me to look at myself and 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 say what is working for me and what isn't it gave me that slowdown that i needed and i was able to finally I, this may sound silly, but admit that I'm a person with a disability. I really am a person with a disability, and I don't say that as a label or as a pity party, but to say that, gosh, that's some extreme self-acceptance right there. And then to say, okay, what what really does work for me? And so for me, my stamina can can vary day to day. Um, and so I first started by cutting down on how many clients. I would take in a day. But then I realized that I was still kind of huffing it, you know, to the next uh, client session. So I gifted myself Tuesdays and Thursdays off. And that was transformative that now er, I'm working essentially every other day. Now on the weekend, I do take some calls on Sunday mornings with clients, but um, that was transformative for me. It was the, the break I needed in between to really give my mind and body that rest in between work days so that I could really focus on client work during the busy days. And then my off days, I could just chill, piddle around the house, you know, and do what I need to do. Um, the other thing for self-care, um, I I really count on my coach and my therapists um, for my self-care, especially during the pandemic. It has been a real challenge with the world launching into you know lots of fear and fight and flight. And I'm an empathic person, so I really was taking a lot of that on. Uh, so I, I I love how mental illness is being talked about more and more, and I have had bouts of depression. I have bouts of anxiety. And so to have those those people, the coach is more kind of like a personal slash business coach and the therapist obviously is more thera- therapeutic. Um, and I was having some family issues last year too. So, so I think that's really important for work-life balance as well. Um, and then I think the other thing for me in particular for work-life balance is that it helps me to really own, what, what hobbies or interests or whatever that I, that, that work for me, my, that mine might be different than someone else's. Someone else may go off on a week long trip somewhere. And for me, you know, work-life balance is, oh, look, I had a client rescheduled this afternoon. I'm going to go take a walk. Instead of feeling like I have to stuff that client session with another client or more work or creating a new offering, Uh, but to really be able to check in and go, gosh, the weather's breaking. I can get out and stroll around the village. That's exactly what I'm going to do. So allowing that, again, I'm, you know, I'm all about integration. And so, so it's really about checking in and feeling what I'm being led to do and making sure that I've got that blend of work-life balance throughout every day. And not just like who decided it was work and life only right. anyway. Like my life list is this whoop, is this long, <laughs> and my work list is this long. Right. So you know that side of the scale is already much more full with what I want to do. So I, I I really own the fact that I get to watch a movie if that's really what my soul's calling for, or pick up the phone and call a friend and just check in and chat. So I think it's really important that for entrepreneurs. Um, or or professionals alike, that if we find ourselves with those gaps in the day, that if you need a little soul connection, like, do it. Like, don't think it has to be just all about work. Because if we take care of this being, this vessel that we're carrying around, it's ultimately going to feed work in a positive way.
0: I agree. And I think during this pandemic with so many people working from home and not accustomed to working from home and and not being able to separate the the home from the work it's so important to step away and take that time and You know, not even if a a time pops up in your calendar that you can go out for a walk, schedule that time in your calendar to go out for a walk and step away during the day. I think it's so important.
1: Oh, it's so funny you said that. Like at some point, I don't know, it might have been three or four years ago, maybe five in my business. I realized I wasn't eating regularly throughout the day. (laughs) And so I literally, I chose to put in my calendar my meals. So that I would be sure, you know, to book around them. So yes, I think that there's a magical thing that happens with the universe when we create containers for things and say, you know, this hour I am going for a walk and this hour I'm actually gonna eat. And this <laughs> you hour forget to eat, right? <laughs> right. It's like, oh look, I've created the container for that and the universe makes it happen.
0: Right. So important. Yeah. Self-care is so important. It makes us better business owners or better employees. All around. Absolutely. So do you have any events or upcoming events or initiatives that you would like our listeners to know about?
1: I don't have anything on the books right now, but what I would like is to just give them a couple of choices if they want. Uh, my website, christineclifton.com, has a free training called Ignite Your Inner Leader. That they It's a video training, a short one, that they can go and look and maybe... If they hear something interesting that I've shared today, it's really all in that training videos to really bring in that element of the iOS. Um, the other gift I'd love to give them is my my guidebook in digital form. My guidebook is called Your Spirit at Work, and they can go to Your Spirit at Work book. Dot com, your spirit at and they can grab that digital guidebook at no cost. And there's exercises in it, and it reinforces uh, the way I live my life and, and some of the practices that I've brought into my work with my clients as well.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. Is there a website or another uh, link or other way that uh, folks can contact you or keep in touch with you?
1: The best way is to go to the website. It's kind of my one portal to everything else. I'm on LinkedIn. So look me up there at Christine Clifton. Um, I'm on Twitter as well under as as No shout Stand Out. That was my first book. You don't have to shout to stand out. So if you look at um, the at sign and No shout Stand Out, but all of those links are on the website. You can go to my YouTube channel through there as well, um, as well as my Facebook page. Um, So that's really the best way. christineclifton.com is the best place to go.
0: Okay, great. Our final question. What do you do either in your personal life or in your business to pay your success forward? Is there a specific charity that you support or um, maybe do some mentoring or volunteer work?
1: I love that question. You know, um, the way that I look at, at that life integration is that everything is the same. My work is the same as the person I might help across the street is the same as, you know, helping my mom, you know, with something, let's say. Um, I'm getting ready to go through a certification with the Ellers danlos Society. Um, that is the genetic condition that I have. It's called EDS or Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. And so I was accepted to their mentorship program. So I'm going to go through training with them to be an official mentor. Unofficially in my online support groups for Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, I've been able to really help people with what I've been learning about the condition, about the genetic condition. And I'm very much a natural person. And while there's no cure for EDS, there's a lot of supplements that can help us and therapies and treatments. So I share what I know with people there. So I kind of do that on a, actually on a daily basis. And then I live in this little village, which Quite honestly, it's in rural North Carolina. There isn't a high economic living here, and and so I love to contribute to my village where I can. There was a summer, two summers ago, pre-pandemic, where I was giving porch porch front talks to people just to help them talk through what was happening in their lives, and and you know just having that sacred space where they could share what was happening, Um, and. I do that with friends as well. One of my friends is um, very much a farmer and she just, she loves raising her chickens and um, gardening and she started sprouting plants for people. And then she has a plant sale every year. And I said, you know, I wonder if people would want your garden consultation services. And then sure enough, someone posted on her Facebook Post about her seedlings if they, if she would help them start their garden. Um, So I look at that as volunteerism as well, that there's these places that I can step in and share my expertise without giving away the store, so to speak. But as a contrib, I like the word contribution that I'm contributing to my community. And so I'll organically lean into what feels right uh, to be able to participate. So those everyday things that pop up like that to me are a big part of giving back and, even though it may not be kind of formal volunteerism. Right. Yeah. Giving
0: back and just having that human to human interaction.
1: Well, my, my sacred purpose is all about connection to self source and service. And so, yes, everything. I mean, that's where swing dancing fits into all this. Okay. (laughs) Is that dancing is about connection, you know? So everything I do is about connecting humans together. And so, yeah, you got it.
0: Do you get out there and dance anymore?
1: Well, pan, I used to teach. I was teaching swing dance here in the village pre-pandemic. So I'm looking forward to that opening things up as well. People were so interested. Here in North Carolina, they dance the Carolina, <laughs> Carolina Shag. Um, but I also teach social swing and something called West Coast Swing. But um, hopefully, you know, with all the vaccinations and, and the the disease count coming down, that. Right. Who knows? Maybe in the winter we'll be ready to actually touch another human's hand again. You know, can't wait. That'll be so I nice. I know. <laughs> yes, cannot wait. Let's hold that vision. You know, yes. for sure.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great sharing your your ideas and knowledge and and just your experiences. It's been it's been a great great here being here with you um and it was so great having you thank you so much
1: oh you're welcome it was my pleasure too thank you so
0: be sure to stay connected with us and subscribe to be notified of any future episodes of pathways to profitability podcast um, look forward to connecting with you soon That's it for today's episode of Pathways to Profitability. Remember to ask yourself, where can I pay my success forward today?